Welcome back, everybody. This is Sharon Sarles, and this is Jesus Name Austin. We had technical problems this morning with our virtual meeting, and so we decided that I would just record this in this fashion, and I will post it on our website. However, it will not stay up indefinitely for a number of reasons. But anyway, we wanted to welcome everybody. Thank you for our stalwart members. I really want to thank Will Bybee, who's helping me so much, and I really appreciate having another uh, really advanced servant of the Lord to bounce ideas off. That's really very helpful. That is a blessing to me. Thank you, Will. Thank you, Dan, for showing up. And uh, we're going to welcome uh, Brother Don Jay. I'm going to still call him Brother. Jay, out of respect for his long service to the Lord, and uh, he's old enough to be my father, so he gets a title in any case. And so, um, so this is Sunday morning service, Jesus' name, Austin, and we always begin with a uh, call to worship, and so let's use that uh, favorite verse, God is in his holy temple, let all the earth keeps silence. And then we normally have our praise service when we do virtual with some piped-in music. And so this is one of the reasons this is not going to stay up long because we don't have the copyright to this music, but I think they would uh, allow us to do worship. So we're counting this as our virtual worship service. So thank you to these people who have shared their their talent and their worship with us.
great salvation, so rich and free. Well, that doesn't work since you don't have the visual and so you can't sing along. Now here we've got some great special music. Now this from YouTube, somebody I don't know. Yes, you my father's God. 
you could see the visual on that now that's the way I like it here is a young man you can tell he's a young father because there's a a uh, high chair <laughs> positioned behind him along with his kitchen and uh, anyway that's just great so typically what we do next is have a statement of faith where we all affirm our faith together and sometimes we just say Jesus is Lord but since I'm recording this um, then let's go ahead and uh, and affirm the Apostles Creed and this puts us in line with the historic church and um, also uh, shoulder to shoulder with um, you know we discern the Lord's body all of the Lord's body okay um, across um, the globe so the Apostles Creed I believe in God the Father Almighty maker of heaven and earth and in Jesus Christ his only Son our Lord who was conceived by the Holy Spirit born of the Virgin Mary suffered under Pontius Pilate was crucified dead and buried <coughs> he descended into hell the third day he rose again from the dead he ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty from thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead I believe in the Holy Spirit the Holy Universal Church the communion of Saints the forgiveness of sins the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting amen and so now we have a portion in our service which uh, which I have called the flow um, you know let anyone who has a psalm or a word from the Lord share and uh, since we don't have a circle of people here in this room then we'll have to just pass on to the one who has uh, has the word for the day hallelujah <laughs> and so if you would please turn with me to Exodus 14 and 15 I tell you I read so many scriptures last night preparing for this I wondered how I was going to whittle it down but we're going to focus on just a few here and you know pastors preachers of all kinds have this problem is that you have to focus on a verse or two to be communicative in our time frame you know in the era that we live people uh, tend to sit for an hour max two you don't have all day which probably the Apostles had people were spending uh, all night that's why the guy fell asleep and fell out of the window and uh, I long for those days myself <laughs> some of us have done that but uh, not falling out of the window but staying all day uh, worshiping and uh, hearing from um, of the Lord's Word anyway so um, 
So I'm going to ask you to go ahead and read the Passover uh, story if you haven't done that. And then read the Red Sea story if you haven't done that recently. And uh, we are heading up toward Pentecost. So we had a very momentous historical Passover resurrection season. And we are heading up to Pentecost. And we expect that to be momentous also. So this is the 17th. 2020 and then we have the 24th in which I uh, propose to preach on Emmaus and then we have uh, which would be Pentecost Sunday on the 31st Shavuot the day that uh, is the uh, Jewish feast is actually on the 28th so I think you're probably in Exodus uh, so we have Setting up the, the story, we had the story of the Passover. So these children of, of Israel were slaves in Egypt. They had been brought to Egypt because their brother, Joseph, had um, been positioned there by the Lord. Satan meant it for evil, but the Lord meant it for good to protect them and, and many other people and protect them from starvation. And so they came to Egypt under his protection as he was a high Egyptian official but over the course of 430 years as the uh, administration shall we say changed in Egypt then the children of Israel were in bondage and they were essentially slaves they were living in Goshen and we can tell from the the um, story that there was some division because there was light in Goshen but we also said they they borrowed from their neighbors so anyway um, they didn't expect to be slaves but there they were enslaved and so the Lord the Lord picked Moses set Moses up sent him as a leader and the Jews weren't too sure about him the, the Israelites because they were getting harder bondage. He was inspiring them and they had agreed that he should go and speak to Pharaoh and ask for letting them go and sacrifice and um, and you know the, the ten plague story and um, then there was the final plague where the death angel came over and killed the firstborn in every house except for the houses that were marked with the blood and in those houses the children of Israel were eating the Passover lamb and eating it in haste they were to stand up and and wear their traveling clothes because they were ready to go so that's a portion of the story that often gets overlooked I think we all know that that's the story and we know that the Passover lamb is a, a type of Jesus Christ he is the lamb that was shed for us and his blood is applied to our life and the death angel has passed over us we know this in our salvation that we have this great rescue in Jesus so the Lord works in patterns there's a pattern of Passover when God rescued the children of Israel from Egyptian bondage and then there was the rescue of us from our sins when Jesus the Passover lamb was slain and then rose again and we expect other rescues at the end of time and I think all 
people who are knowledgeable in the Bible agree that we are in the last of the last days and a lot of questions exactly in a detail where are we and the answer of course is we're at the beginning of the birth pains so we have pressure but we look for power because this is God's pattern and not Satan's okay and so in the story after the Passover which is Exodus that's the Exodus from Egypt right the rescue from Egypt then the children of Israel still not too sure they're still going well because now Pharaoh all of Pharaoh's chariots are after them these people are probably largely on foot they have their animals so some of them are riding maybe they had some carts but Pharaoh has chariots he has an army he has the best technology on the planet because he has better chariot wheels than the Canaanites do so he all it the Bible says all of his chariots came after because he changed his mind I'm not gonna let these people go and notice that we're going to take our children with us this is an important point and we're going to take our flocks meaning our livelihood with us so God cares about children and economics and so often the church has overlooked that anyway so I'm setting up the story so then go to Exodus 14 and 25 is my verse okay so back in 12 they're saying oh maybe we should have stayed in Egypt better to have stayed as slaves in Egypt than to be uh, followed by the army and killed and then in 13 Moses says to the people do not fear stand by and see the salvation of the Lord which he will accomplish for you today for the Egyptians whom you have seen today you will never see them again forever the Lord will fight for you while you keep silent and then the Lord said to Moses why are you crying out to me tell the sons of Israel to go forward and as for you lift up your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it and the sons of Israel shall go through the midst of the sea on dry land but he but God's gonna harden Pharaoh's heart and then skipping to verse 19 so you read the whole thing and the angel of God who had been going before the camp of Israel moved and went behind them and the pillar of the cloud moved from before them and stood behind them so it came between the camp of Egypt and the camp of Israel and there was a cloud along with the darkness yet it gave light at night thus the one did not come near the other all night so in other words the angel of the Lord in the cloud of the pillar of fire and the and the pillar of cloud protected the the children of Israel all night then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea and the Lord swept the sea back by a strong east wind all night and turned the sea into dry land so the waters were divided and the children of Israel went through in the midst of the sea on the dry land and the waters were like a wall to them on their right and on their left and then the Egyptians took up the pursuit and all Pharaoh's horses his chariot and his horsemen went in after them unto the midst of the sea and it came about at the morning watch 
that the Lord looked down on the army of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire and cloud and brought the army of the Egyptians into confusion. Now that's the New American Standard in the King James Exodus 14 and 24. 14 and 24. The word is trouble. And it came to pass that in the morning, watch, the Lord looked unto the host of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire and of cloud and troubled the host of the Egyptians. And the verse 25, and took off their chariot wheels that they drave them heavily so that the Egyptians said, let us flee the face of Israel for the Lord fighteth for them against the Egyptians. So literally the Lord removed their chariot wheels and in fact archaeology has found these wheels and there are wheels and there are chariot cabs without wheels in the Gulf of Aqaba today and you can find them on the internet and the one that I first found this morning is actually a four-spoked wheel that's gold well the four-spoked wheel that's gold is would have been at the back of the army because it's not strong so it was probably being driven by a priest <laughs> so the, apparently the divisions of the army each one was named for a false god in Egypt and I suppose that because this wasn't really a, a battle that even the priests went out because the commander isn't going to be at the back and he's going to have a strong wheel but a priest might go out to sort of enjoy the the uh, adventure and so and it was at the back so so this is what the archaeological archaeologists think so there are different uh, number of spokes and you can can date this by the number of spokes and whatever so the point here is that God either Jesus himself or an angel it doesn't matter God removed the chariot wheels he brought on trouble and confusion to the Egyptian army and that was the strongest army of the day the highest tech particularly those chariots and then we see in 15 the children of Israel rejoicing and so Exodus 15 and 1 then sang Moses and the children of Israel this song unto the Lord and spake saying I will sing unto the Lord for he has triumphed gloriously the horse and his rider hath he thrown into the sea the Lord is my strength and my song and he has become my salvation he is my God and I will prepare him an habitation my father's God and I will exalt him verse 3 the Lord is a man of war the Lord is his name well that's that's the tetragrammaton so which we won't go into but his his personal name that he gave Moses so 
this is such wonderful, wonderful words to me because I sang these songs when I was young and I think this is what we should be doing. We should be singing scripture because then we can know it and remember it and uh, it's just wonderful. So it seems to me that there's nothing like singing the songs of the Lord and repeating that joy. And so here is the story of Passover. We are today, Passover and the Red Sea, we are today in a momentous time. We have seen, if we have eyes to see, in this particular Passover season, we have seen great rescues for our church, for our nation, and for the world. And we are expecting an explosion, a blossoming, blossoming of the great awakening at Pentecost. So let's be in it. We have been in a time of great shut-in with the Lord. It should have been a time of great repentance. Last Sunday I preached on there is such a thing as judgment. And this makes the forgiveness and uh, indulgence and clemency of the Lord so much brighter when we see that there is judgment and it is a great lie of the enemy that has tainted the church and, and preaching in our society that, that there is no such thing as judgment. And so we need to remember that. And we shouldn't still be shut in because it had been prophesied by our leader that we would be in church together worshiping the Lord or in synagogue. And we had been shut in to flatten the curve and the curve was flat then. Okay, so it was just beginning, and so out of an abundance of caution, maybe we could have had some more measures. But we are now, gosh, I, you know, how many weeks? So two weeks for a business to shut down, most can survive. Two months, most, most small business cannot, and some fairly large businesses cannot. I've been shut in about eight weeks. I guess because I knew ahead of time, you know, in in like January, I knew that this was a, a bioweapon because Mossad said so and because it was in the papers and, and I got a report of that. And um, I told my students in um, the first half of February that this was coming and, and so forth. And, and, and uh, it is beyond my comprehension that people are trying to cast doubt even to this day that, that this was lab created because scientists from other places have, have confirmed that, that this cannot have been other than the creation of, of a lab of man. So um, we've been in a time of shut-in. And, and we are at different levels, different phases of, of opening up. But the point is that we have had a great Passover. We have seen resurrection and personal salvations. And we have seen Pentecost in our own lives. Today we are seeing these things in our society. And this is, this is the point. Because the Lord doesn't want to 
leave us, you know, birth babies and leave it at that. That's not how human life works. That's not the pattern of God. There is a beginning, but there is a development and a process and a growth. And so um, we are in the process of moving toward Pentecost. Okay? So we, we saw a story of the people of God being slaves and it getting worse and worse, even though they were still neighbors of the Egyptians. And we have seen that in our society, that we have been in a pot slowly boiling and we see that our economies are getting worse. Uh, we are more persecuted, but overseas it is so much worse. I don't know another country that has rights rooted in inalienable God-given rights and then those rights permit us to make a government. In most other countries the government will give you rights or not. <laughs> and so in most places people do not have that foundation of freedom and in some places people are simply enslaved. And Many places, Christians have been killed, and we've seen more killings of Christians in the past couple of decades than ever before on this planet. And, you know, Domitian, maybe the percentage was greater, you know, back in the Roman Empire, but the numbers are greater today because there are more people on the earth. But this has not been reported in our news media adequately. People have been dying for the Lord. We saw in the story that the Israelites were taskmasters over themselves, but they had, they had um, people who were over them. And so that's uh, the, the worst kind of situation at, where their very creativity is squashed because they're just making bricks. And they were once uh, independent um, uh, and rich. Uh, you know, herdsmen, and uh, obviously Abraham was, was rich, and, and they had silver and gold when they were coming into Egypt, so why are they impoverished now, after 400 years? And so they don't have fulfilling work, they are being controlled, and um, have Egyptians over them, but they are in a position to to try to... to um, what's the right word? Oppress themselves. They had bad food. We see that in the story. It was tasty, but not very nutritive. And then the flesh pots, they just threw in whatever dead body was there. So the leeks and flesh pots is really bad food, but it was tasty. Now they had a God-appointed leader for rescue, but he wasn't well supported. And then we had 10 plagues. You probably know that each one confronted a false god. And last was the angel of death. And every house was affected. We haven't seen that yet, folks. <laughs> we're, not, we're not anywhere close to that. Um, but there was a distinction, a difference made between the children of Israel and the Egyptians. There was light in Goshen. Just imagine light in Goshen and dark everywhere else. And, and there's no point in saying, well, they probably 
exaggerated because you know for years and years people thought the walls of Jericho was an exaggeration until we found them <laughs> so there's no point in saying that we thought the Anakim the, the giants were exaggeration and I've seen a photograph of a nine-foot skeleton being excavated by archaeologists so no it was light in Goshen these people knew foolish stories when they heard it and they passed along miracle story and it's just like then for those who have eyes and today for those who have eyes there are people today who will tell you oh it just hasn't come here oh damn the statistics and then you have people come out and and give you what are numbers but you know they're not right right but then you have something that's real statistics and it cannot be entirely quashed at this moment and but so to try to give you a, a picture in case you don't already understand this so I I know somebody he's uh, not a stupid person he um, he's uh, fairly wealthy and runs his own business but he is he's got Trump derangement syndrome so he's just convinced that uh, the president is an idiot and normally he's a mild-mannered calm man and even if somebody ticks him off he'll just sit at his desk until he can speak in a, a very calm and polite way unless Trump is the issue and then he's just he's going out of bounds he's he's lost control of himself he's so upset and he realizes this so he stopped listening to the guy in the morning he listens to I have no idea um, who, who just says the same things over and over and riles them up and so he's tired of hearing the same things over and over and not getting anywhere with it so he stopped listening to him but get him on that topic and he just so I was sitting across from him at his desk and this was at the beginning of these uh, of, of the pandemic and uh, before the lockdown obviously so but um, although for me to cross his desk probably is about six feet anyway, so and I mentioned how um, you know we know the numerators are inflated and we have no idea what the denominator is and that's the important point and and he just had this flabbergasted look on his face so you understand what I'm saying and he did too so a rate like if, if we had a 10% death rate like in the Spanish flu 10% of the population died alright so what is the death rate well so one person died to 10 people who are alive that's the death rate it's it can also be expressed in a fraction alright so you know how fractions work from from your fourth grade math so our numerator is inflated we know that we have more death count than, than is really higher because we know that anybody who dies with COVID in their system COVID-19 is counted as a COVID death even if it's clear that's not what they died from but hospitals get paid more anyway so that's somewhat inflated uh, I've heard the, the percentage 20% bandied about but I don't know anyway we it's inflated but you know what that's insignificant because the question is compared to what so the death rate at the beginning was the number of people died compared to the people who were really really sick sick enough to actually get admitted to the hospital many people were being sent home we know that now I didn't know that then but I do know that it was a rate of 
people who died to the people who were really, really sick. We had no idea how many people were infected. We still don't. But it's a whole lot more people than who really sick. But you know what? Neither one is really significant because we should be expressing it compared to the number of people who exist. <laughs> so in the Diamond Princess, we know I, I will... Sorry, this isn't a point, but anyway, so I went then down this rabbit trail. Let's finish the, the thought. In the Diamond Princess, we had 1,300 people, and we had seven people dead. So that's a death rate of 0 .007. And that was a worst-case scenario because they were kept locked up together, um, circulated air, and, and not uh, the kind of hygiene stuff that normal people would have. I mean, they... They uh, were protesting to get clean sheets. So, so that's the only real statistic we had. In Travis, in, in Williamson County here, if we use the population statistic for 2010, and we're a lot more than that, then the death rate in Travis County is 0 .0000354, I think. Anyway, you can check my math. But the point is, really low. Okay? And it's just basic math. <laughs> All right? And basic logic. So, so, to the extent that this was a real challenge. All right? We had a real virus coming in and really killing people. And we saw hospitals overwhelmed in Italy and in Madrid. In Italy and in Madrid. Then, and we have not seen that here, so we have been rescued from a plague. Hospitals, we did not overwhelm the New York system, but it got bad in New York. Right. All right, we had an outbreak, a serious outbreak in New Orleans and Seattle, fine. And people were dying like flies. We don't know how many in Iran, and we don't know how many in China, but more than China, same. So we had a plague, and... It wasn't nearly as bad as the projections. So hallelujah. Now, was that a miracle? Or was that really wildly stupid modeling? Well, guess what? It could have been both. <laughs> anyway, so we have had a rescue from a plague. Now, we have also had a rescue from ma unmasking evil intentions and evil players. Because we have seen a lot of government officials going beyond the bounds of any kind of logic. And certainly beyond law. But even beyond regulations. Certainly beyond the Constitution. We've seen clear misreporting. We've seen a collusion of all the standard news channels, Facebook and YouTube. So YouTube has published policy that they're going to go along with WHO, who we know have been a bad actor and controlled by China. Um, and Facebook has its different problems. And we're starting to see, in good reporting, an injection of China and Russia into not just elections, but into, well, China, into schooling, et cetera, et cetera. Communism into our conversation. If you doubt that, let me tell you this story. So my sister told me, and she was very angry, about um, Trump stealing a shipment of PPE. We're talking about 
like masks and one time uh, hospital gowns, one time use hospital gowns. The story was that he stole a shipment in Thailand. Now, this really is spiritual. This really isn't politics. And if you're closing your mind because of that, then you have a problem. You need to listen. You really need to listen because this is really important about where we're going and about what you need to be doing. But I've got to tell you these stories so you understand. So the story was that the President of the United States stole a shipment of hospital masks somewhere in Thailand and this was bound for Germany and Angela Merkel was angry and my sister told me this and I thought for a minute and I thought this doesn't even make sense the president by himself can't steal a shipment I mean you know Trump might have a helicopter or something to send after now could the United States of America have, you know, sent out a warship and commandeered a shipment of another ship? That's within the realm of possibility, but the president couldn't do that himself without the agreement of a whole series of layers of the military. And I'm thinking, is that likely to happen? Wouldn't there be other ways to get PPE? And so I said, and I, I think I sounded like my dad. I said, I called my sister's name and I said, the president can't wave a wand and steal a shipment of PPE. That doesn't make sense. And then I felt bad about talking to my sister that way. But she later said, yes, her husband had discovered in the news that that was a fake report. But what she said in the time was, she, she called me by my name. She said, that this was reported in reputable news source it was reported in the Manchester Guardian good thing we're on the phone and not FaceTime because you would have seen my face because I don't think the Guardian is really that reputable because they've got Trump derangement syndrome but anyway yes that was a completely fake story completely fake and the president at the same day was being accused of not doing enough to get PPE well anyway we know that since then yeah, we now know that when I went to go buy a surgical mask for my trip to Denver, because I was flying to Denver on Valentine's Day, I could not find any surgical masks. The masks that usually are stocked at CVS, a couple of blocks away from my house, weren't there. And I called around all around my town and they just weren't there well now we know they were all in China China bought them up maybe somebody gave some to China but China cornered the market on on surgical masks and so the United States did have to really uh, work to get some PPE and we thought we we're going to need a whole lot of PPE and and ventilators and so this was a real issue and and some factories did work with the president and made some Okay, but the point here is that we saw that there were lies in our news. There were lies in the reputable news channels. We have seen just recently, and we, so we saw a bunch of doctors telling us stuff, and recently we've seen equally as reputable doctors telling us that's nonsense. This week, I, and this week was a flurry of all kind of news. Epidemiologist Witowski came on and said, we need to just forget all about this. All of the doctors who've been telling you this 
are paid by the government. Their grants come from the government, so they couldn't disagree. But if you ask retired doctors or independent doctors, you get something else. And we know that there were doctors who were giving their data who were banned off of YouTube and Facebook. We know this. And we know that there's Dr. Lozano from Dallas is all upset because uh, she has found that hydro hydroxychloroquine works just fine for her patients and why didn't the AMA let her know this and why did the pharmacist and blah 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 is making it hard for her that, to get it because this this has been used for decades in this United States and so what is the problem so this is all an unmasking here's another I bet you didn't catch this news but you can get it if you just look it up online President Magufuli of Tanzania, Tanzania, right? So, an African country, and his name is Magufuli, M-A-G-U-F-U-L-I. So he took a goat, some motor oil, and a pawpaw fruit to get tested. And guess what? The goat and the pawpaw fruit tested positive for COVID. The motor oil tested false, but the pawpaw fruit, that doesn't make sense. Fruit can't have viruses. So, thank you, President of Tanzania. So, if he had used that, those, that batch of tests on his people, he would have gotten a completely false reading. Hmm. And so, we have many, many questions about it. But... It is obvious that we've got some false narratives going on, and it is obvious that we're going to have to get much better at sorting kooks out from real conspiracy. When you say conspiracy in a legal setting, you're talking about a federal offense. And we know that one way to discredit a whistleblower is if you can't shut them up, put them in prison, accuse them of something false, you just throw in more disinformation and, and throw him in with the kooks. So, um, yeah, there are questions about RFID chips and, and uh, eugenics and, and lots of other stuff. And... There is no way, however, to talk about what we have definitely seen, but to say apocalyptic, let alone those of us who know what the rest of the story is. We saw a, an agenda against churches. You know, there's no clear idea of why, if, if a small church is all in their cars and listening to... AM radio, why that should be shut down, but it was, or why a church in Tampa that was using hand sanitizer and social distancing and was completely within the law and had been told so, why the same sheriff went in and arrested the pastor, by the way, all charges have been dropped. Maybe it's because he had a legal brief on his website, but... Um, I'm going to tell you that I knew ahead of time that, that there is a real antipathy, a real hate of Christianity in some of these uh, liberal camps. And we saw it manifested, and it's time that the church wake up. So what we saw was concerning. Thank goodness there are some people who had wiser heads, and the uh, 
Attorney General uh, took it upon himself to correct some abuses, hallelujah. But you see, this is an unmasking. If, and there wasn't any legal backing for any of this. A law is something that was passed by a legislative body. There, so there was no law except the Emergency Powers Act and one regulation that was hastily put in having to do with, with uh, this kind of thing, hastily put in at the end of the Obama era which if you were interested in the very end of the Obama era and if you were interested in health why weren't the N95 masks uh, restocked anyway so we have had unmasking we've had unmasking but you know we really have had it really light people are actually starving to death because of the shutdown in places like Uganda and Kenya and and they're more developed than a place like Zambia or Zimbabwe. I, I just don't have any idea. And Liberia is terribly poor. And increasingly, um, China has bought their productive capability and is colonizing Liberia. So it is really very scary. Other places, the Epic Times is unmasking the... Uh, so we knew about the aggression of China in the South Sea, but we didn't know about the, the steady march of uh, infiltrating our conversations and and I can tell you that I have a friend who told me he, because he's married to a Chinese wife they intended to take over our bank system and when we had a banking crisis in 07 they said oh we can move up our timeline this is what he told me right we've had an unmasking of child sex abuse rings I don't want to talk about that now but a lot has happened. And, oh, and this week also the exoneration of uh, Lieutenant General Flynn, which is a tip of an iceberg that shows, because he was a straight arrow and there was never any evidence for him, why was he number one? Why was he so hated? Why was he taken down? And why is he the first one who has been uh, exonerated? And that's because he's a very good investigator and a straight arrow. and. If he had been permitted to have his position in the Trump administration, then a lot of corrupt felonies, conspiracies, and I mean that in the legal term, felonies, would have been revealed. And now you're going to hear more about them. Now, I can't even begin to follow all of them, but when I see the timeline, I see that there were clear... Uh, either, either somebody was spying on somebody because of their helping Trump and the Russian investigation before they worked for Trump, <laughs> and they needed spying on, or else it was planned. I can see that part. I, anyway... There is a tip of an iceberg, a lot of elite corruption, e even in the United States. You can imagine how much worse it would be in other countries where they don't have freedom of press, freedom of, uh, well, and this intention of freedom. So we have had the death angel pass over us, but we're still in process because our economy is not up. We're not all out. We're in process. We are in between Passover and Pentecost and all the, all the prophets and, and lots of the churches are in a poise of prayer. We should be in repentance and prayer 
because we are hoping for, we are praying for a great awakening, meaning many people turning to the Lord. And we have seen some evidence of that because the churches have gone online. The churches of some size who have shifted online and the evangelists who have shifted online have seen a huge uptick in the number of viewers. So it seems to be very likely that people are concerned enough about the turmoil in the news and the turmoil in the government that they have tuned in. And they may be questioning, is this the, the tribulation? So they're tuning in. And some of the pastors who are very prophetic have taken some time out to get on their face before the Lord and try to hear this. And so um, I will say we can't specifically tell you the day or the hour, but it's very clear that the birth pangs have begun both pressure and therefore power. And Pentecost is associated with power. So notice that we had in Exodus 14, we had the wheels off of the chariots. This is a huge promise for us. So we have seen the death angel pass over and we need the chariot wheels off. So we need to be praying into this. But also look, Exodus 15 and 16. Fear and dread shall fall upon them. By the greatness of thy arm, they shall be as still as stone. Till thy people pass over, O Lord, till the people pass over which thou hast purchased. Verse 17, thou shalt bring them in and plant them in the mountain of thine inheritance in the place, O Lord, which thou hast made for thee to dwell in the sanctuary, O Lord, which thy hands have established. The Lord shall reign forever and ever. So the people passed over the Red Sea. And then they had to go into the promised land and take the land. And the prophet here, Surely Moses sees all the way down the corridors of history to a time when David was king and had the temple established in Mount Zion and God dwelt in the temple in Zion, the sanctuary of the Lord. So in the same way today, we are in a process. We have seen the death angel pass over. We now need to see the chariot wheels off. And the chariot wheels are coming off. You need to watch that. And the Egyptians need to be still. Right? We, we had to be still while the Lord was working. But the people have to pass over. We have to pass over in our thinking. And we need to pull our thinking out of Egypt and point it to the promised land want this to be clear for everybody. God rescued the children of Israel from Egypt. That was celebrated, remembered, and formed the people of Israel from then and on. That's why they celebrate the Passover Seder and they tell their children this is how we were rescued. And that, that forms their theology, this rescue from slavery into prosperity. God rescued us from sin 
in the Passover sacrifice of Jesus the Lamb. And we remember and celebrate that. And it informs who we are. And there is no church that doesn't celebrate that in some way or other. But now, in the same pattern, we are going through rescue from the power of darkness, from slavery and false gods. Maybe not everybody sees it. The Egyptians didn't see it. And that's why they drove into... Well, it wasn't mud, was it? But they drove into the riverbank and their wheels swerved and broke and came off. They were driving them heavily. They kept on driving until the wheels were off. And they all died. <laughs> A few were still on the shore or got washed up on the shore. They died. The children of Israel had a hard time believing it as they were going through it until they saw it with their own eyes. Look and see. Be in the process and look and see. Today, those people whose hearts are not right with the Lord, who haven't been taken over by fear, don't see it. Okay, if your heart's not right with the Lord, if you're taken over by fear, even if you're a Christian, you may not see it. You know, like I have a dear, dear friend who, so one of them said, I'm going to be ruined in for two weeks and I'm going to die alone. She said that about 50 times to me. And she's an intelligent woman. She has, you know, a house and 10 acres in Austin. And she was rightly concerned because her friends, some of the people she knew that she grew up with, had died up in the area close to New York. But why is that reasonable? For you to be that frightened, you can't even think, right? And I, I, I made the mistake of trying to talk reasonably to her. And so she just said, oh, well, it was unreal to me because I lived in Texas. Like, give me a break. I have numbers, right? And then another woman, again, a sweet Christian woman, said to me, I don't give a damn about statistics. Well, she doesn't normally talk that way. She was just so wrapped up in fear. That's, and I was saying, if you want to stay inside, fine, that's fine. Getting uh, deliveries from the grocery store, fine. But the, the where I live, the county where I live was open, you know, and I wasn't doing anything strange. You know, I could go to the grocery store at senior hour and, and have a mask on. Oh, but no, that wasn't good enough for her. I needed to stay in my house. What? And uh, we all need to stay in our house because you are blind with fear that has no basis. Right? So, if you're blind with fear, you're not seeing what the Lord is doing. And if you don't believe the Lord, you can't see what the Lord is doing. But the, weary, the chariot wheels are coming off. God is on the move. The angels are fighting for us. But there is going to be a time when we have to show up. <laughs> we have to pass over. Pass over the temptations leave the slavery, pass over the temptations to return to the slavery, pass over to following the great prophet. Then it was Moses, now it's Jesus. You know, the Lord continually leads us. Thank you to, to Will for pointing that out in Isaiah 58. You know, and I know Isaiah 58, and it was all underlined, but I never underlying the passage it says God continually leads us hallelujah that's what it says yes right okay let's do that 
and we need to be formed by God's word, then it was the law, now it's the spirit of life. This is our passing over. It's time to be in much prayer. There's time for shut-in. It's a time of prayer. The spirit of prayer has descended on the body of Christ. It's led perhaps by Dutch Sheets and Lou Ingalls. Great swatches are fall of the church are following them and fasting and are praying. They're praying for souls. But they're also praying for our nation. They're also praying for all nations. And I have a report that even people who... Uh, Dear friends of mine who don't normally pray for salvations or for people outside their own move are now doing so, and hallelujah. It's time to be shut in with God, even if it's time to go out and work and earn money. And we should have been released to go out and, and earn money and worship. But we need to be doing that. But we need to be walking with God. So we're time between Pentecost and Passover and Pentecost and just like the first people at first they were bewildered that their Lord had been crucified how could that possibly be and then they were overjoyed when they saw the Lord and the Lord appeared to Peter and and Mary Magdalene and 500 other people and but not to everybody and so it's a time to be listening you know and we'll talk about Emmaus next time and then there comes, in the tarrying, in the silence of those ten days, there was a blossoming, an explosion at Pentecost, and we've talked about winds of change for years. It's way more than that. We need to plan to celebrate together. I'm hoping we can maybe have a potluck party. We'll see. But we need to plan on working much in personal evangelism. We need to be working very much on whatever our vocation is and every one of us has a calling and, and in that calling is evangelism so whether you are um, a teacher or a sweet streeper a street sweeper or a stockbroker you all are salt and light and we have been increasingly enslaved to the point where we cannot speak of the Lord it's not considered polite but people are hungry people are hungry for the supernatural and that's why they're doing evil things and the witches are more and more prevalent and and people are doing evil and crazy things because they need a supernatural we need to all be working throughout all of our vocations whatever we do we do unto the Lord whatever you do do unto the Lord so when you are seeing people on the street pray for them and look for an opening look for the word to speak to them we expect more of the chariot wheels to come off and we expect more process and we are praying for God to really move and sit on us in power at Pentecost so let us be clean vessels so the Lord can sit on us and flow through us well so I'm calling you to the decision to be part of this in whatever way you are called first get right with the Lord then really start praying read the stories of Passover Red Sea Resurrection Emmaus Pentecost see what changes you need to make in your life and it is the end time. We are in the last of the last days. But the last of the last days is the last of this era, not the last of the planet. Because after 
all the apocalypse is the millennium. And so whatever you are doing has everlasting effect, not just in heaven, not just in your reward in heaven, because for all of us, this is our last lifetime, <laughs> for all of us, right? So whatever you do has everlasting significance. But if you're in a time where history has, has the next pattern of wrapping up, it doesn't mean that history ends. That's the, that's the end of this era. So if we are moving into more maturity, if we're restoring the nation to be in covenant with God, if we, if all the nations become, all the kingdoms of the world become the kingdom of, of our Lord and Christ, the kingdom, then that becomes the millennium. So however we bounce in there, that's not up to us. <laughs> we all agree now, but it is part, it is time we have to show up. We have to show up. The battle is the Lord's, but we have to show up. So that's the, the promised land. So the pressure is going to increase. That's what it is that birth pangs have begun. But the power is going to increase too. And it's welcome because you don't want to be sitting there uh, without a delivery. So I'm asking you today to open your eyes to see the chariot wheels off. Have faith for this. There's lots of disinformation. But if you know the pattern, you'll, you'll see it. It cannot be suppressed. So what's next? Why shouldn't it be the harvest? I think God has stretched out time for people, more time to be, be saved. But it's not time for fooling around. Fooling around. Either in laziness or self-congratulatoriness. <clears throat> and Satan likes to mess up times and seasons. And the church likes to keep going to sleep. So, see the chariot wheels off. Seek God. Read these stories. Put yourself in them. Get right with God. I'm not talking about some little cute shift. I'm talking about Jesus himself coming closer. And he's coming for a mature bride. And so, we need to stand up and not be babies. Not be paideia. But stand up. For techno, we need to stand up to be wheels. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, then we'll talk about that later. So next is Emmaus. Open our eyes up, see Jesus, fellowship with Jesus. And the next comes Pentecost and power. Okay, so a little music to for you to speak to the Lord with. And then I'll be back with final word.
Beautiful. Okay. So here are some specific things that I'm going to recommend doing. Number one, don't participate in lying at all. At all. It puts you in league with the devil and liars are thrown into the lake of fire. It messes up it messes up your spiritual system to participate in that at all. That's one. Two is Evaluate the messages that are coming to you on the basis of them. On the face of it, does it make sense? Does it line up with the Word of God? Does it line up with the Word of God? If your mind is fashioned by the Word of God, then you are ahead of the game because things are going to work that way. <laughs> because the Word of God is made by the Creator of all. And then secondly, Use your sense, your reasoning capacity. Okay, so now all this stuff about the FISA warrant and all this, I can't begin to, to follow all of that. It's too much detail. I have other things to do. But I knew from the beginning that it just simply didn't make sense on the face of it that the Russians would try to work to get Trump as president. Obviously, the Russians would want Clinton as president because the Democrats are more in line with 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 their policies and they know these people. I mean, it just doesn't, it didn't make sense. So there's no point in, in in and out about it. All right, sort out kooky from likely at the very beginning, not based on your emotions or, or claimed authority, right? You don't have to say somebody's kooky. You could just say, well, I don't understand, blah, blah, blah. Or you could just keep your mouth shut. Okay. Um, and this is true in the individual level, it's true in the bureaucratic level, it's true in the national level. Leave plenty of leeway for misunderstanding, particularly in the interpersonal level. But once you know someone is lying to you, there's no point in wasting your time listening to them. <laughs> okay. Three, pray for your leaders. Yes, it's commanded in the scripture. Pray for revival, of course, and be serious about it. It's time. Okay. Uh, clearly, the leaders have had to make some hard decisions. Clearly, they've been tempted and they've had bad counsel. We need to pray for good counsel and, um, and stamina and uh, hearing from the Lord and protection and all kinds of things. And we need revival of the church, awakening of the population, and reformation and restoration. We need reformation and, re well, first restoration of what we did have in terms of, of godly values and the rule of law. And then we need reformation in terms of going a step further to um, get everybody taken care of. You know, the heart of the Father, God, revealed properly. 
okay and then once you pray for it also work for revival restoration reformation in however you're called to do that yes of course work for us but also in your vocation so it's not about hope for a show this is too much of the church is praying for revival and they mean oh we're going to have some exciting shows at church no 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 <laughs> we're talking about sharing jesus with somebody we're talking about people repenting of hating jesus and hating the church and turning around and, and starting to learn and it's just it's not good enough that they just get saved and come to church they have to be discipled that's going to be work guys work for us but hallelujah and it's not just about a presidential election. You know, that's in question, folks. But it's also about Congress. Congress right now looks like it's going to go Democrat. And it's about city council. Uh, the city council here, what, where I live in Williamson County, is red. And, it, and the city council, Cedar Park, went blue. Surprise, surprise. And the school boards are already a mess. So we need to really get involved and do something. Whatever it is, we can. You know, just somebody sitting up the office or or sweeping the floors or folding brochures or walking with somebody who's doing walk walking everybody can do something and then we need to learn about we need to be informed we need to be informed and so i think maybe i need to post some classes about what the constitution is i think i'll do that on this uh, this uh, website jesus name austin and if somebody says stay safe to you now originally that made sense and they were trying to be caring I think but at this point you should be saying something to them be blessed or Lord bless you or something but if they say stay safe maybe you might should say something like anyone who trades liberty for security is worthy of neither I'm seeing this posted and cited as um, George Washington actually this was Patrick Henry in his speech well George Washington may have said it too but Patrick Henry uh, said this first in his speech in the House of Burgesses when he was arguing that Virginia should ratify the declaration and go ahead and go to war and uh, the American Revolution so this is a central tenets this is something I was taught when I was a little girl this is what it means to be an American that your liberty is fundamental and it is tempting to give it up for what seems to be safety but you will find yourself enslaved just like the children of Egypt were the children of Israel were in Egypt if you give away your liberty somebody else is going to be a taskmaster and when they discover how beneficial it is for them for you to work for them they're not going to want to let you go you're not going to be either safe or free okay so find some good sources of news find inform yourself of the wider picture but it's all founded in the word of god so what's happening today really is part of the pattern and the good news is that we have seen in the last Passover in this Newsweek the wheels coming off the chariot hallelujah but now it's time for us to pass over Passover from Passover to Pentecost amen hallelujah and now may the Lord bless you 
and keep you as we go forth to serve him. Amen.